1: everyone and welcome to episode 27 of what did you watch this week my name is mike
0: and my name is
1: john and this week john let's mix it up how about this week we talk about stuff that we've watched this week you
0: are getting radical in your old age i can tell i am
1: i am am.
0: Ah, why not let's throw caution to the wind
1: all right let's just let's just do it let's just do it Well, on that note, I would have to ask one question, though. Yes. What did you watch this week? Well, I'm so glad you asked, because you know what? I'm going to start right out. I'm just going to bust out of the gate right now with a movie. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah, I know we usually go TV shows and then movies and trailers, and believe it or not, there is some sort of format to this this show, even if it doesn't seem like it. All right. Last night on a lurch, I threw on this – this movie it just was released on Netflix. Netflix on September sixteenth, so just released yesterday from when we we're recording this. So, anyways, Friday the sixteenth, it came out on Netflix. Um, it's called Arc A R Q. It's a uh, sci-fi film. It stars Robbie M L and uh, Rachel Taylor. Born. Huh? Firestorm. Yeah, it's got Firestorm in it, and Rachel Taylor, and it is a. Time loop movie. It's people stuck in a time loop repeating the same day.
0: Interesting. Do they but know that they are?
1: It's not a day. It's more like a couple of hours. <laughs> and it is done, dare I say, brilliantly. Really? I loved this movie. Five stars on Netflix as soon as I got done watching it.
0: <laughs> really? That was quick.
1: Yeah. Like I got done watching it. I five-starred it immediately. Like, it was so good. Like, I, I threw it on like, oh, it's getting late. I should go to bed. I'm not real tired. I'll just throw this on and see what happens. I paused it halfway through to go make popcorn because I liked it that much. I was I was surprised. I mean, Robbie Amell was the main draw, and then the synopsis that they gave for it. Um, okay, I don't have Netflix synopsis in front of me, actually. But essentially is what it is. It's they there's they're in some sort of post-apocalyptic future. Um, There's some sort of big war going on between like a rebel faction and some um, corporation. Okay, but this whole movie takes place in one apartment, almost one room, but it takes place in one house, basically. And essentially what it is, is Robbie Amell wakes up and there's a girl that's with him in bed. And the room gets kicked in, and they get trapped, and they want his scripts, and then it just it it, it goes on from there. And I, I honestly, I'm not, I'm not going to ruin this because it's only been out for a few days, and I think people need to go watch this.
0: Like, well, I loved
1: this movie. I'm already sold. I'm ready to go watch it right now. Just, yeah, just I, I love
0: a good time loop. Anything dude, with time.
1: It is a it is brilliantly done. Because it's not one of we have to figure out why this is happening so we can stop it. It's more along the lines of, like, we need to figure out why this is happening. But more importantly, we need to stop this other thing. And sometimes they use the time loop to their advantage. Interesting. It's done really well. Like, yeah, it's just done super, super duper well. I loved it. I mean, the cast has five people, six people. Sorry, it's got six people,
0: and it takes place in one room, so the budget is tiny. Place,
1: yeah, it takes place in like two rooms, essentially. You know, but it's basically like his garage, his kitchen, his bedroom, and the basement, and then they do go outside at one point. Um, but man, it is—it's really good. It's really done well. There's lots of twists and turns. I—I I absolutely loved it, awesome. and it's only 88 minutes long. So it's not a time consumer either. You know, it's, you don't. Which have is to
0: definitely sit. a good thing.
1: Well, you know, because sometimes now a lot of time, like it's weird. It's like I don't mind a good movie that's that's two hours long or better or whatever. But sometimes it's hard to just say oh, I'm going to sit down and give two hours of my life to this. Let's hope it doesn't suck. Right, right. You know, um, but 88 minutes is less daunting. Yes, and I don't think it really need to be any longer. I think they did a great job telling the story. Definitely confined within itself. Outstanding. Yeah, I really like – I cannot suggest this enough, like legitimately cannot suggest this enough to people to go and watch.
0: Well, I'm definitely going to check it out after this. Yeah. Maybe not right um, after
1: this. Like, right, you know, right.
0: have got things to do. And-
1: but like I said, it stars Robbie Amell, who's Firestorm. It's got uh, Rachel Taylor, who plays Patsy Walker in Jessica Jones. Yes. Um, let's see who else. It's got uh, Sean Benson's in it. It's it's Canadian American movie. So there's you know like now we're getting into like a lot of Canadian done <laughs> stuff that we probably don't watch.
0: People that uh, Rob and would recognize
1: and appreciate. Robin and would recognize them immediately. Yes. So, but yeah, I did. I I loved it. Awesome. Yeah, I got I got sucked in. I got really into it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's it was just great. I don't want to ruin it. I, I want you to watch it, John, and then we can talk about it after you watch it. Okay. Yeah.
0: I'm planning on it.
1: Yeah. So that's, yeah. I'm, that's I'm my, stoked.
0: I'm all stoked right now.
1: I have like five pages of notes and that's my big sell of the week or whatever is. <laughs> that's four is, of the five pages. No, I didn't even write a single note about it because I watched it last night. <laughs> nice. So this this doesn't even this is even in the notes, but I just I really enjoyed it. Like I'm probably gonna watch it again. Like I didn't remove it from my queue immediately either. Oh wow. Yeah. So yeah, there we nice. go. Big hard sell. Nice. Display. Arc I'm A R Q. Exciting. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. And you know what else is exciting? I actually have. Three new shows to talk about this week. Oh, yeah? Two returning, one brand new, and one of the returnings is American Horror Story, so it's essentially brand new.
0: <sighs> Let's get into that.
1: You want to talk American Horror Story?
0: Because I got that on my list as well.
1: Oh, you watched it? I, oh, I did. You know, honestly, I thought that it was pretty brilliant concept they're doing. Oh, yeah? story it's a tv show within a tv show yep and essentially what it is is it's a a tv show called my roanoke nightmare and you're watching it's like a reality show where you have the actual people who are actors sitting there talking to the camera explaining what's happened to them and then everything you see is dramatic reenactment done um telling the story, which is with other actors. And there's some returning actors from past seasons of American Horror Story. And um, and then, like, Cooper Gooding Jr. is one of the new people that's in it this season and everything. And I don't know. I thought it was done pretty well. What do you think?
0: I completely disagree.
1: Oh, wow. I, I heard Roanoke, and
0: I thought The Lost Colony of Roanoke, which it looks like they're actually trying to tie in. Yep. Except they're trying to tie it in in their own stupid twisted way well, um yeah we you don't know, know
1: why those people disappeared
0: yeah but we'll figure it out by talking about a modern couple that it, the reenactment kind of threw me because they're like you know oh will this happen? will this happen and they're normal people but then like they they go walking through the woods and find an old farmhouse that was not a farmhouse that was a mansion look at that place had, like, no, the vaulted twice. ceilings and, the, and no, no. the giant staircase. and
1: It was a mansion. I would agree with that statement.
0: And then we keep flashing back and forth between the actors and then who they're portraying. And I, I feel like for the woman, the main character in the story, uh, she kind of got downgraded. Her Her actress portraying her was Sarah Paulson. But the yes. actual woman is very beautiful. And Sarah Paulson's like... Eh. But the then, actual
1: woman is, is Lily Rab, who, if you watch the first season, she played. Not the first season, in the asylum season, she played the nun that was possessed. Ah, uh,
0: see, I didn't watch the asylum season. Yeah. Um, but then you've got the normal, glasses wearing, bookish pharmaceutical rep who's being played by Cuba Gooding Jr. It's very it's, disproportionate.
1: <laughs> see, yes, I thought. I agree with you 100% because essentially you have the dork nerd guy with his undeservingly hot wife, and then they're being portrayed by complete (laughs) polar opposites. Exactly. I just thought that was funny that they were doing it that way.
0: So we start off, and like I said, I was hoping for the mystery of Roanoke, the colony that disappeared. And again, it looks like they might touch upon that, but we got things like Raining Teeth don't know what yep. that has to do with anything, except for the fact that it's creepy. It's like they were
1: just going for creepy for creepy sake, raining all, literally raining teeth. I think it'll all come together in the end. I think they'll tie it all in. It'll make, it'll make it make sense.
0: And then she's out in the hot tub in the yep. middle of nowhere when they've already been harassed by hillbillies. Correct. Um, that they won the auction from creepy looking hillbillies too.
1: Deliverance. Yep. Hillbillies, yep.
0: Yeah. Um, And she decides that, you know, with her husband out of town, it would be best to go out into the middle of the night, separate from the house, you know, to the little patio, you know, 100, 200 feet away and get in the hot tub and drink some wine. And then some mysterious force grabs her and dunks her underwater. And when she comes to, there's people holding torches dressed like pilgrims. Those and, are
1: the lost colonists of Roanoke. Right, disappear.
0: right. But why are they making themselves known now? Who knows? I'm sure that they'll. Well, have some reason, but
1: probably because no one's been living in the house for so long, and now people are, and they gotta scare them away.
0: But but see, that's the thing is, I have to wonder about that because those hillbillies were right there, like they were on the front steps on auction day. This wasn't just like the people visited a realtor. This was an auction that was made public. <laughs> see, and those I feel were like, like... Yeah, we're ready.
1: I feel like the hillbillies wanted to buy the place to leave it abandoned because they knew what was going on there. I think they're giving us the old switcheroo where they make us think the hillbillies are the bad guys and that they're scum and Having sex with their cousins, type of people, when in actuality, Leaving they're skin probably on the front porch, exactly. When in actuality, they're probably the nice guys, the heroes, or whatever they know what's wrong with the place, and they were just trying to warm them. But they did it in their own mystical way. Of,
0: you think they're pulling a Tucker and Dale versus evil on us?
1: Yes, okay, they are Tucker and Dale. Yes,
0: I see. Yeah, well, I again, and then. Shortly thereafter, we're introduced... The husband decides that if he's going to be away, his wife needs to have somebody watching over him. So he picks his sister.
1: Yeah, that seemed weird, too. The former
0: cop who is kicked off the force because she's a drug addict and alcoholic.
1: Correct.
0: Who makes sure that we know about that right in the beginning and also makes sure to let the uh, wife know, hey, don't be uh, drinking your wine in front of me. I'm barely hanging on to my sobriety. Yep. So... It just, that seemed weird to me. It didn't ring like, I don't know. I wasn't as impressed as you were. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that yeah. for me, I didn't
1: like it. Well, and you know, that's the great thing about it. We don't always like the same things. Like right. Scream Queens, I think it's deplorable.
0: Uh, after the first half
1: of the season, I agree. It was terrible. Yeah, It
0: went nowhere. It was ridiculous for ridiculousness sake. Yeah. I mean, I was blown away by how much I didn't like it.
1: Oh, wow. See, I didn't even watch the last half. I I think I watched the first few episodes and I was like, I'm done.
0: Yeah. It became just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so okay. I I uh, I just don't know. The, they also threw in the over-the-top stereotypical southern cop harassing him because of the color of his skin and, you know, whether or not his wife had been drinking and It just – I don't know if they were trying to, like, exaggerate the recreation, but it just felt
1: bad. Yeah, that was – yeah, that was kind of ridiculous.
0: And and then at the very end of the episode, the wife gets fed up and she's like, I'm leaving. So she gets in a car and drives away, which everybody – anybody who's ever watched a TV show in their life knows exactly what's going to happen. She's going to look away for a second. Something's going to appear on the road. She's going to crash. And then she's going to wander off somewhere. And sure enough, that's what she does. And she ends up in some field with people with torches heading towards like a little altar. Yep. And they end the episode.
1: Yeah. Well, that's a good cliffhanger. <laughs> no, I, I enjoyed it, though. I'm going to stick good. with it. I, re- I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was well done. I don't have any you know, conflicts like, right I, now, so I'm going to stick with it. You need what? I don't have a any conflicts right fix? now. Oh, conflicts, yeah. I mean, for me, like with American Horror Story, I to me, not everything they've done has been gold. I have not watched the season Coven. I tried watching an episode, I just couldn't get behind it. The first episode, like I just I couldn't the get whole past season
0: it, and it was just messed
1: up. Yeah, I just couldn't get past that first episode, so I, I didn't watch that one. Maybe I will someday. It is on Netflix still, but for now, I- I'm good. I'm going to
0: tick some people off here, but I'm going to say American Horror Story in general reminds me of Eli Roth trying to do horror movies. You know? Now, it's, now, it's now. over now.
1: the top. That is a little too much, I think.
0: I don't know, American- man. It, it's like they go <laughs> for the gore. They go for the shock factor. They go for the most twisted thing. Dude, they rained teeth. And I'm not talking like five or six teeth. I'm talking no, no. down
1: I thought it was and
0: Canines and...
1: I thought it was Hail myself. So, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was a little messed up.
0: But then, of course, they weren't there when she went to show her husband. She didn't keep one in her hand to show him. She
1: no, just left of course she did Well, yeah, help. why would you want to walk around with someone else's tooth,
0: John? Proof. I've seen enough TV and movies to know that that shit disappears, That's and true. I want yeah. to be able to prove it to people.
1: That, that point.
0: Anyway, I'm glad you liked it.
1: Yeah, I did. I did. So, um, keeping with the new pattern real quick, sure. I don't know if you watched this one or not, but uh, Superstore, do you watch that? I do watch Superstore. Did you watch the Olympic special? I did. Okay. So, first of all, it was just a generic episode. It was a standalone uh, continuity wise, it does not take place at the end of the first season. It takes place sometime during it. Yeah, it because it kind of can't
0: the, take place at the end. Yeah,
1: because the first season was November through February. It was only eleven episodes, and the special was just aired during the Olympics. And it's an Olympic themed special. And the uh, the was it the nineteenth Cheyenne? She was pregnant in the first season. Gave birth near the end of the episode, near the end of the season series, right? And uh, but in this episode, she's still pregnant,
0: right? Plus, we had the whole unresolved thing of you know everybody walking out to support Glenn in the first season, yes,
1: yes, yeah. And then uh, the assistant manager there, Dina, yeah, firing everybody basically, right? Because right. we know from commercials when the new season picks up here in a couple of weeks or five days actually from now, <laughs> that's a
0: bit of a difference.
1: Yeah, I just well actually it'd be only like 2 days from the time this airs. Um Yeah, they're protesting the store. So. Yes. But it was a decent it was it was like, this is not a show I can do a hard sell on. It's more along the lines of it's a fun half hour show. There's some funniness to it. Check it out.
0: I agree. Um Anybody who's worked in retail will see some familiar themes. They like to do some jokes about you know, the stuff that any of us from retail have ever gone through.
1: Those are kind of my favorite parts because yes. it's not so much like the interaction between the customers and the staff. It's just like when they come back from commercial and they'll show like some girl trying something on in the middle of the store.
0: Yes. Or, or... somebody walking by a display of a playpen and somebody put a baby in it. and yes. just walked away.
1: <laughs> Yeah, things like that. Like it's it, Those are those are pretty, pretty pretty funny.
0: Although I have to say on the episode where they started off and the guy was making the announcement, you know, we've been closed for 20 minutes now. So if you're still in here, you're a jerk.
1: <laughs> and they were like trying
0: to get that one guy out of the store. It reminded me of the old days at Movie Gallery too much.
1: Oh, jeez. Yeah, I know. The people at Movie Gallery, oh, just one more minute. Nope. Your time is up. That's right. Get out. <laughs> that was annoying. They weren't that, they were, they were, at Lins and Things, you used to make like 20 announcements sometimes. Oh, yeah. Because I'd be in there waiting for you to get out so we could go to the movies. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and you'd have to chase people out practically. Yes.
1: And then you'd be like, <laughs> you'd be like, ma'am in the lamps, please leave. <laughs> and he's uh, actually yeah. talking to you specifically. <laughs> I'm
0: surprised I didn't get fired from that place.
1: You were the assistant manager, John. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> But anyways, um, did you watch Son of Zorn? I did. I was they gonna had, ask if you had watched it. I did. They had well, they had that preview episode on after football, and so yep. the regular season hasn't started up yet. But uh, it's on Hulu, yeah, uh, as is Superstore. So I watched Son of Zorn and I'm I'm not entirely sure what to make of it. Okay. You know, like it's a cartoon character from some sort of cartoon world, but he's in the real universe and his son, you know, he had a a son with a woman and, but he hasn't been home. He hasn't been back to see him in like 10 years or something. And it's just, it's, it's, it's very funny at times. Yes. And then at other times I'm just like, what? And then it's odd to me how everyone just interacts with them. Like, you know, they don't, they don't. They don't question him like who he is or what he is. Right. It's just, he's just there.
0: Although they do make mention of some things like he has to get a job. So they're like, do you have a shirt? You know, because he just wears yes. that barbarian harness. Yes. And he wears the shirt, no pants, but shirt at least.
1: Yeah. And then he's just like, yeah, I remember last time your dad showed up, you know, he's just standing there in his underwear swinging that <laughs> sword around. And then later on he's doing it. It so was like, that's exactly what you didn't want him to do. <laughs>
0: it was like. I didn't dislike. I figured it, that everything that I had seen in the commercials would be played out, like yes. all the jokes would be done. There were still a few others that were not bad. I liked the fact that, like you said, the world he comes from is all cartoons. It was kind of a Roger Rabbit kind of thing. So like yeah, when he's yeah. talking on his cell phone to the people that he left there and they're always fighting. They're always like, battling
1: they're something. Always something.
0: fighting. And like that they're all cartoons. So like one yeah. of them is like, you know, oh, my son, I I spent I never spent any time with him and he turned out fine and then his son gets chopped in half and oh my god. Oh my son, I'd give anything to have one more second with him.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why Zorn stays in the real world. Yep. And I love how he thinks that his his boss is a, a man dressed yes. as a woman yeah. <laughs> because he even has tampons in her purse. Yeah. so I'm talking my supervisor can't be a woman.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. it was entertaining enough to warrant more watching. like yes. I watch all those shows Sunday anyway, you know The Simpsons family oh, yeah. guy.
1: It's part um, of that block.
0: Yeah, so I will definitely watch more, but you're right. it wasn't anything that I was like, oh my God, this is awesome.
1: Yeah, all right, class. I need to go now. I've just been emasculated in front of you. (laughs) Yes.
0: That was awesome.
1: And I like the end of the, after he's chopped up that bird into pieces. It's just in the trash can as Tim Meadows' water is washing the blood (laughs) off the... Uh, yeah,
0: Tim Meadows may have been one of my favorite
1: characters in that. He, he was he deadpanned everything. Yes, yes, he like whole masculating thing. Yes, yeah, I loved it. Yep. And then what's the girl's name? I can't think of her Cheryl name. Cheryl Hines. Cheryl Hines. All right, I love how she's just like, no, he is not writing that thing. <laughs> the, the the cartoon bird. Will, come on, mom. No, I remember. No, we're not doing that again. I have got him drugged up. <laughs>
0: And I love how over the top the kill was. Like putting it out of its misery. He's climbed on top of it. He's yeah, hammering it. No the the yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I, I do like how when he was coming to visit his son, everywhere he went, he's trying to talk about himself, and no one's listening to him.
0: Yeah. Yep. Faking sleeping and stuff like that. Yeah. He's just like. Oh.
1: So yeah, check it out.
0: Yeah, it's it's entertaining.
1: Yeah. It's very entertaining, actually.
0: So was that your three new... Like, that was
1: my three new stuff I'd watch. Did you uh, pick up anything, anything new or anything returned for you this week? Uh, no, that's was, that was pretty much it for those, I believe. I'm, I mean, I know we have a, a big, big returns coming up here. Yes. You know, like... Uh, and new shows are starting up soon. New shows are starting up, but yeah, like Monday night, you know, we got Gotham and Big Bang Theory and Lucifer, and yep. Tuesday we got S.H.I.E.L.D., and then, you know, Wednesday, we got Lethal Weapon, Lauren you. I am going to check out Designated Survivor, and then Superstorm, The Blacklist on Thursday, and Friday we got MacGyver, The Exorcist, Van Helsing, and... The next season of Longmire is all loaded up on Netflix on Friday the 23rd. So there's nice. a lot this coming week.
0: I did actually have one show that came back that I watched. Oh, me too. I, I was bowing. I was impressed. It was uh, South Park, the 20th season.
1: Seriously? 20 years? Yeah.
0: Can you believe that? The – so – When uh, they're actually continuing the story that they had last season, this is, they've been doing more and more of this where they run a story for an entire season. You know, they have other stuff going on in the background, like gentrification of the neighborhood and stuff like that. But then they'll have a a story arc go for an entire season. And this is, this time they're actually continuing it from last time. Hmm. And One of the running things is that uh, Mr. Garrison is running for president because he wants to make America great again. He's essentially their version of Trump. They've even got him spray painted orange now, and his running mate is Caitlyn Jenner. But yeah, yeah. But they're referring to um, him as the giant douche and Hillary as the turd sandwich. So it's anybody's guess as to who's going to win between the giant douche and the turd sandwich the fun thing this episode though was that they were tackling the controversy of sitting down during the national anthem and yeah and uh, you know it was the girls volleyball team at South Park (laughs) some of the girls were sitting down oh my god Leslie's sitting down I can't believe Leslie's sitting down everybody thought she was fine she was standing up and now she's sitting down for the national anthem and people were taking bets on who was going to sit down and who was going to stand up great stuff but they decided, the powers that be decided that um, the way to fix this problem is that we need to reboot the National Anthem. You know, Because reboots are all the rage nowadays. Everybody loves a good reboot. So they go to, who else? J.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams, you need to reboot the National Anthem.
1: He did a great job with Star Trek and Star Wars.
0: That's exactly it. He saved Star Wars. So the name of the episode was Member Berries. And they told him that they needed his member berries. And basically, member berries look like a bunch of grapes that have faces on them. And they all have these really cute voices. And they talk about, oh, oh, remember Chewbacca? Oh, I remember Chewbacca. Chewbacca was great. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, remember remember Back to the Future? Oh, I remember Back to the Future. And so as you eat them and listen to them, you chill out because you remember all the good things from before.
1: That's kind of funny.
0: Yeah, that's why reboots work. (laughs) <laughs> but then they started getting really bad because they were like, remember when there were less Mexicans? <laughs> They're like, whoa, wait a minute, what? <laughs> remember remember when marriage was just between a man and a woman? Whoa, whoa, wait a minute here.
1: South Park's still being – well, you saw the documentary on South Park, right? Oh, my God, yeah. Six Days was, to Air. Six Days to Air, yeah, how they do it. Well, that's why they can. That's why they are able to keep up to date so much on everything. Yep. Yeah.
0: So I'm looking forward to this season. I think it's going to be really good. Um Garrison doesn't want to be president now. He realizes that he has no idea what he's going to do. If he gets into office, he has no plan whatsoever. Caitlin has no plan whatsoever. So he's hoping that he can make himself look more horrible. So he's going to try to make himself look more horrible. So that hopefully Hillary will win. <sighs> yeah. It's That's a worthwhile, uh,
1: worthwhile adventure. Yeah.
0: Yep. But yeah, that was it for my coming back.
1: I actually forgot I did watch the, um, okay, second season, first episode of The Blind Spot.
0: Oh, how was that? Because I remember when we last left you, you were saying that you were not sold on watching it anymore.
1: Yeah, I wasn't. So this is my notes. I'm just going to read them verbatim. So last season ended with Jane being arrested by Weller. Remember, I was like, that's such garbage. It's stupid. And I recall that being wicked dumb. Apparently Jane was taken by the CIA and then held for three months at a black site, which of course she manages to escape.
0: Through uh, her tattoos,
1: go- right? No, nope, nope. Nothing to do with them. She's just, she's got skills with a Z.
0: <laughs> she manages yes. to
1: escape, goes back to New Jersey where she is immediately recognized and brought in by Weller's team. She's given a line detector test where everything comes out and, she tells the whole story of what happened, the people that got killed, who got killed, on and on and on. Of course, everyone feels betrayed. A new, CIA, a new player from the NSA thinks Jane's related to a bunch of domestic terrorism attacks. They call Sandstorm, and that she can help stop them. And midway through the episode, she's already rejoined the team to hunt down dot dot dot. Oh, who cares? <laughs>
0: I was going to say, she was picked up by the same people who arrested her, and their their idea this time, instead of turning her back over to the authorities, was, let's give her a lie detector.
1: Yeah, and then near the end, we get Jane's alleged backstory with her real name, blah, blah, blah. Of course, this lady who says that she's her mother, doesn't tell her everything, says, oh, well, you need to get back to the FBI to keep your undercover operation rubbing. blah 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 blah, blah, show is still crap. I see. And I didn't have a conflict, so I said, you know what? I'm just gonna watch it. And after that episode, I've just decided I hope I have a conflict soon.
0: <laughs> you do have a conflict. Your brain. Oh yeah. Your that's brain true. is conflicting with so, your.
1: Uh, I, th- I gave it I gave it a shot. I gave it a shot. It's garbage.
0: <laughs> Good. Good to
1: know. <sighs> I did watch a couple more episodes of *Lie to Me. I'm not going to talk about them. I just want to throw out there. I did watch them. And you enjoyed them? I did. *Lie of Me is a great show. It yeah. is. It really is. Mr. Robot. Uh,
0: let's see. I did not watch this week's episode.
1: We will not talk about it
0: then. Because it was part one of part two. Or part one of two for the finale. I will
1: say this. You can watch it and be fine. Okay. It's not a cliffhanger. I mean, the, the week before was a bigger cliffhanger with the uh, shootout at the diner gotcha. than this one was. Gotcha. Yeah. If if you if I had no idea this was a part one and two until you just said it was part one of two. Otherwise, to me, it could have just been a standalone episode.
0: Um, oh, okay. I see. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, Dark Matter.
0: Dark Matter. Got three to catch up on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. My um, only note is episode 11 was, it was a good episode in three showing us just how much he cares for five.
0: Yeah. My my first note was the kid was kidnapped by Hunter Space Rednecks.
1: Yes, that's exactly what happened. It, it was
0: basically, you can't have a show like this without the kid character, whether it's male or female, getting kidnapped at some point, And then finding out if the gruff and rough and tumble guy on the team who cares about nobody is going to open up his heart and rescue them.
1: And he and did. guess what? He did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He even tried these stereotypical, um, I'm going to say mean things to you to hurt your feelings to make you run away because I'm really trying to save you.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: And she just smiled at him and, and laughed. And she said, <laughs> no, she started crying, but it wasn't because of mean things. It's because now she knew just how much he cared.
0: That's right. Um, I yeah. did put in my notes, though, that I like the fact this show does something with um, cloning. They don't call it cloning, though. They call it something else. I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, but essentially what it is is, like, you lay down in this bed, and then in a cloning facility, and then in another area that has a cloning facility. Could be another planet, could be another area of the same planet. Um, a clone of you steps out of that bed, can go about, do everything, do anything, but... Anything that they do, you don't get their memories unless they get back in the bed and transfer the data back to you.
1: Yes. If they get killed somehow, then the, the data stays with them. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So I like that because it allows killing on the show. Basically, it does allow main
1: characters to be killed. And yep. and, and the
0: guards yep. that are after them to be killed. And They had a good little standoff there where he was like, I'll shoot you. And they're like, yeah, we're clones. Who cares? And he's like, yeah, but you won't remember any of this happening. For the last two hours, yes. And, like, and then oh, he was like, "Yeah, Ugh. <laughs> so, you got me." <laughs> yeah.
1: So I thought episode eleven was good. Yeah. I thought episode twelve was pretty good. Um. Basically, Rio uh, goes to try to visit his brother because he's leading us to believe that he wants to try to help his people because they're under attack, they're in war. And of course, he gets captured. Right. And then the crew of the Raza infiltrate the place to try and try and uh, try and rescue him and incidentally, they they infiltrate that place pretty easy.
0: I had that in my notes that both he got into the main throne room of the palace of the leader of the yep. entire world very easily as did his crew. Like, yeah, nobody seemed yeah. to have a problem with security in this entire place.
1: Yeah, but then we find out that the Seers saw all of this, and it seems almost like they allowed it to happen so they could capture them.
0: Yeah, those those future seeing yeah. jerks.
1: Yeah, the people that sit around in the group and, and, and can see what's going on.
0: So they had to fool the Seers, because if they know all of our moves, then we have to do something unexpected. Yeah, which didn't even re- it wasn't even that glamorous. It was kind of boring, but
1: well, no. Basically, Rio gets his memory back. He 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 reimplanted his memories, and basically, he's a, he's a piece of crap again.
0: He so, is like yeah, like oh he no, kills, he'll be fine, and
1: he yeah, no, he orders the death of the seers, his mother, his brother, everyone. Yeah. Kills yeah, everyone, he does let the crew of the Raza go, but he kills everyone.
0: But that was after, like his brother worked with him, said, yeah. "All right, I'm dethroning my mother. I'm having he a renounced his, yeah, yeah." And yeah. you're right, he renounced his throne. He was like, "Here you go, Rio's the rightful heir." And Rio's like, yeah. "All right, kill them all.
1: Thanks. Now go ahead and kill them." And then, like you know, like the girl and the whole crew, they all. I mean, like this is the the blind following that I don't get. Because they were following him, his brother, and then his mother, and then back to his brother, and then now Rio, and like without even hesitating when he said kill them, they're like, oh, okay, and then they killed them all.
0: Yeah, that kind of blind obedience really – I could never do that kind of stuff.
1: Either (laughs) could I. Yeah, either could I. Well, he is the emperor. I mean, well, how, why is he the emperor? Because the old emperor just said he was the emperor. So now we yeah. kill the old emperor. He's
0: only the emperor for the past five seconds.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Should I really he's the emperor, so we got to do what he says. Right. Blindly. It's ridiculous. But yeah, he's basically a piece of shit again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Proven he's in episode 13.
1: Yeah. yeah, we're episode 13, the season finale. What would you think of it?
0: Um... I thought <laughs> just to jump ahead for a second, I literally wrote as my uh my final note, is this a smallville season finale? Yes, it is
1: I know right It's exactly what it was,
0: so basically carrying on what you were saying, four is a douche he he's gotten his memories back, and now all he cares about is his planet, his people, even though yep. he hasn't cared about them for quite a while, but
1: he hasn't now he's he decided has, that now he's the emperor.
0: Yeah. And he's decided that the only way to really protect his people is the blink drive. But the crew of the Raza is like, no, you're not having it. And he's like, come on. And they're like, no, you're not having it. And he's like, please. And they're like, no, you're not having it. And he's like, fine, I'll take it. Yep. And then he waits until they're all trapped on that space station.
1: At this big, huge summit, the first one they've had in like 10 years or something like that.
0: Which we know in the alternate universe that they traveled to, it was a bombing at this space station that caused the galactic war between all the corporations. So they're worried that that's going to happen in this universe, even though – because obviously they don't understand alternate – versus you know right. regular but, but they like they well, were right yes
1: they were right though because Ferris Corp did try to blow the place up yeah with yeah. everybody in it and, and they they sort of failed
0: yeah but then four and his people were like we should do it instead let's us blow the place yeah. up since he I didn't- mean and
1: and the thing is you have to know is like the bomb that Ferris Court brought on was actually an android, like their android on the ship. Yep. And with the um, the chip, the modification shipped to make him seem human, but secretly had the bob planted in him and he actually he jettisoned himself out into space.
0: Because Five gave uh, him an impassioned little story and said, But yes. you love people and you can be better.
1: Yep. So he jettisoned himself into outer space and saved everyone. And then four's people blew it up anyways.
0: Yeah. Because, see, that's when things started going downhill because 4 showed up yep. on the Raza and yep. the android's like, what are you doing here? Knowing very well that he's not supposed to be here anymore. You know, there right. should have been some kind of safeguards in place. And he's like, I'm well, sorry for tech- this.
1: Yeah. He should have been, like, not a crew member anymore. So she should have been like, "Well, oh, well. Yeah. But, but, but- she has that, that human side chip in her.
0: Yeah. And then he's like. I'm sorry for this. And then he like lists off this code that takes him like 30 seconds and it's like drawn out. He's not even like, epsilon. he's like command Scorpio, epsilon alpha omega three, four, nine, two. And he just drones on and on. And then suddenly she just shuts down. Yeah. So she had a code in her that nobody else knew about except for him, but it took him forever to say it.
1: Yep, it did take him a really long time to say it.
0: So now he says, I'm going to go get the blink drive, puts that girl who's his, you know, number two, her, the captain of his guard, says, you stay here in case anybody comes, but be non-lethal. She has proven that she is anything but non-lethal. This
1: right, is, yeah. This is
0: the one who willingly cut the throat of his brother because he said, go ahead and do it. So he's yep. like, just be non-lethal. She's like, oh, okay.
1: And she clearly has emotional feelings for him. Oh, yes. Which is why well, oh. she did what she did.
0: Yeah. Which was ridiculous.
1: Yeah. But again, so I can't think of her character's name, Nix. but it's the, the black Nicks that joined the crew. But like, so she's been cut and she's allegedly has poison in her. So she's dying or what's going on. The Android is with her. And then everyone else was on the space shuttle and it blew up. And then, uh, Two had debris thrown on her. I mean, so we don't know. Three was knocked so down then,
0: by those guys in a in part of the space station. Yeah. And he had blood coming out of his mouth, remember? It was like pouring out of his yes,
1: mouth. Yes, he got beat up by the Ferris Corp guys. And then somebody came to pick him up. And I think we're supposed to know who that was. I didn't. But I didn't recognize him. I didn't know who it was. And then two gets buried in debris, and then we don't know if any of them got off the actual space shuttle or not. Oh, five got the the other the other uh, corporate lady there. Yeah, the one that she's pretending to be the assist to. She she five. I think I think she got five off the off of it. So I mean, it was just yeah, it was a big uh, ending of oh, what's happening to everybody? We don't know.
0: Yeah, is this person going to live? Is this person going to live? Is Smallville coming back next season? I mean, that's really what it felt like was everybody almost dying and yeah, no, we're, that's we're yeah, left basically
1: every single person got put in peril.
0: And here's the thing. Nyx has been training with four for so long for, it's yep. like every episode for the past several, six, seven episodes. We've seen her training with Rio or, or four, whatever you want to call them. And yep. it's because she can see minutes into the future all the time. So she, he, she always has the advantage for several minutes of the fight because she knows what's going to happen. So she can block, etc. She didn't have that happen with this girl. This girl got to cut her. And then she's like, yes. "You know, oh, see, you can't beat me. And she's like, I didn't need to beat you. I just needed to cut you once. The poison on my blade will kill you. And right when she said that, the poison started working apparently. But
1: Yes, that was one of those, oh, the timing was perfect because as mm. she explained what was wrong, suddenly it went wrong.
0: Yeah, but I didn't like the fact that Nyx can't be touched by the master swordsman, but this girl got a nice slice in on her arm. That just doesn't make sense. It bothered me.
1: I see what you're saying, but um, I don't know, so he wasn't holding back. Yeah. No, he would well, try. But it's convenient that she got yeah. cut because That's of the exactly peril. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Just like in wrestling, take someone's finisher during a talking segment and you're dead forever. In a match they'll kick out at two. <laughs> Anyhow. That's Weird segue, what I, I was going to say, but not really.
0: So, yeah, it's gone for another season. Um, it'll be coming back for a third season, though, so we'll find out what happened to everybody. So that's exciting. Uh, did you watch any movies? Uh, yep.
1: Did you go to the theater, watch anything new like that? Or...
0: Nope, nope. I watched well, one movie uh, on iTunes.
1: Yeah, what you watch? I watched...
0: Pop star, never stop, never stopping. Mm.
1: I don't care what you say about this movie right now. I will never watch it.
0: <laughs> this movie was hilarious. It was so funny. It was a mockumentary. Um, it was by the Lonely Island. Always.
1: Oh. Okay.
0: Um, Lonely Island, the guys who did "I'm on a boat," uh, "Dick in a Box." you know it's yeah andy yeah Sandberg okay and all right this is, okay friends.
1: i take that back then i guess <laughs> i take it back
0: so andy samberg and his two friends uh, it starts off they were um they were a three guy boy band type thing and everybody loved them and everybody thought they were great and basically what it was was one of them wrote the lyrics one of them played the music and andy samberg sang and everybody loved them but it's set up, it's a mockumentary. So you've actually got real stars on there. You know, you actually see like Mariah Carey is on there. You actually
1: see, yeah, I'm looking at this. There's a lot of people playing himself, like Adam Levine, arcade fire, big boy, Carrie Underwood, danger mouse, Jimmy Fallon, Mariah Carey, Mario Lopez, Martin Sheen, Michael Bolton, they were- Pharrell Williams, Pink, on Ringo Starr, yes. The Roots, <laughs> on and on and on. It's really yeah. funny to
0: see Ringo Starr talking about how much these guys were an influence on him. Um, but it was just hilarious because it's a mockumentary. So the, it's a camera crew following uh, Andy Samuels.
1: Damn it, now I do want to watch this.
0: <laughs> it, they follow his character around because there was a, a schism that formed in the group, and the guy who wrote the lyrics left and became a farmer. You know, because that's the natural progression. and uh, That is,
1: yep.
0: It, suffice to say, I'm not going to, like, spell out the whole movie, but it was hilarious. Uh, Andy Samberg decided that he was such a big star that he could write his own songs. It had a lot of hints of, like, Justin Bieber in it. Um, so he decided he could write his own songs. So, like, one of them was, uh, she wants me to F her. Except for you know, it was very ex- explicit. Uh, she wants me right, to right. f her like we F'd, uh Bin Laden, and it was it kept going on about that, about how badly we f Bin Laden, and that's what she wanted her to do. That's what she wanted him to do to her.
1: I and believe it, that's called "Finest Girl," the Bin Laden song. Yes, yeah. According yep. to this,
0: his first song was "I'm So Humble." And it was great listening to him talk about how humble and and non-bragical he was. Uh, it, it was quite a good anthem. But, yeah, it's a riot. It's fun to watch. It's fun to see all these stars come out and talk about it. I had a blast watching it. I really did.
1: Yeah, there's actually a huge star-studded cast of people in this movie. Yes.
0: And some of them were even, like, bit parts, like um, uh, Justin Timberlake, was in there, but he was the personal chef, but he didn't do normal things. Like he cut carrots 12 ways. So he's like, you know, here's the really thin ones. And here's the shrubby <laughs> ones. And he's like, he, he likes to have a variety when he eats. Um,
1: That's awesome. Because they, I, I like, could see Justin Timberlake pulling that one. Off. Yeah.
0: Bill Hader was a roadie, you know, and he was only there for yeah. a brief period, but it was just great. Uh, Tim Meadows was in that. And he was awesome. Uh, one of the, my favorite lines from it was Tim Meadows was trying to calm him down. He's like, look, man, it, it was only 10 seconds. And he's like, 10 seconds is an eternity. It's a third of the way to Mars. And he's like, dude, dude, I keep telling you, the band is called 30 Seconds to Mars. It is not the actual time. <laughs> <laughs> Would
1: you watch this on iTunes, you said?
0: Yes. Yeah, it's not out on See, Netflix.
1: Now I do want to watch it.
0: I think you'd enjoy it. I think anybody out there who likes their comedy, Andy Samberg was one of those surprise guys from Saturday Night Live for me. I thought he was trying to be the next Adam Sandler, you know, starring in movies with him and stuff. Didn't help that. But I really right. like Andy Samberg. I think I think his comedy oh, and the other two guys see, there from Lonely Island is awesome.
1: His his digital short songs like Dick in a Box, I mean, are amazing. I love yes,
0: them. Yes. I'm on a boat. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's so. not just him. Like I said, you know, that's the lonely Island guys. So right. yeah, they, uh, they do a good job. So yeah, if you like that kind of stuff, if you like Andy Samberg from like Brooklyn nine, nine or Saturday night live or anything like that, check this movie out. You will not be disappointed. It's
1: hilarious. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Then I have, uh, I watched a weird array of movies. I watched some brand new movies like Ark, like I spoke about earlier, which was just brilliant. And I watched a couple really old movies. And then I watched a couple made-for-TV movies on YouTube that I'd been wanting to see for a while I'd never seen or whatever. So I'm just going to jump right in. Um, so when I was a kid... Uh, well, okay, first of all, I watched this movie on HBO Go called House. Apparently it came out in 2008. No, it is not... The brilliant masterpiece "House" from the late eighties, mid, mid to late eighties, about this haunted house, and you know the old guy from the Wild West time. Yep, you know what I'm talking about. Oh right? yeah, this house is a movie. great
0: movie. The sequels were
1: terrible, but the sequels were terrible. But the first movie "House" was was pretty brilliant. So, anyways, this is basically uh, as I said, it was on HBO Go, and essentially, what it is is two couples find themselves stranded in a remote. In an, in a remote inn, bed and breakfast, whatever to call it, in in Alabama. Ooh, so you have the four guests. Th- yeah, I know. You have the four guests and the three innkeepers, and they're being hunted by down by someone called the Tin Man, who basically throws them a tin can. Get it, Tin Man, tin can. And there's three rules on it. And the first rule is no one comes into my house. The second rule is I will kill everyone in my house. And the third rule is if you deliver me a dead body by sunrise, then I'll overlook rules one and two. (laughs) Okay. So basically what it is is like these people are in this house and they're being turned against each other. Again, it's a married couple and an engaged couple. And the married couple are on the rocks and they're actually on their way to a marriage counseling Session when they got rerouted down this road because of a crash and on and on and on, and basically while they're in this house though the house affects them, and it shows them basically the house is purgatory, and they're being judged, and it just shows them like bad things that they did in life. Like one of them killed their father. One of them, um, yeah, one of the, one of them killed their father. Um, one of them. Um, oh, I can't find the note now. It doesn't matter. They all did horrible things. And so they're basically kind of being judged or whatever. Okay. And it was okay. I'm not going to give it a hard sell. It was okay. The one neat thing, Michael Matz is in it, Bill Mosley's in it. But uh, Callahan from Police Academy, she's the old lady innkeeper. I thought that was kind of neat. Interesting. And for those of you who don't know, if you've ever watched Police Academy, Callahan was the – Blonde-haired, large-breasted, you know, very strict and stern female police officer slash uh, instructor at the Academy.
0: Huh. So you're not giving it a hard sell?
1: Not giving it a hard sell, but I watched it. It's on HBO Go. It's not... I mean, it's a good flick. It's enjoyable, but I'm not going to give it a hard sell. All right. Yeah. Um... Okay, this one I strangely am going to give a hard sell to. Uh, actually, no, hold on. I'm going to hold off on that one. I watched this movie called Demon Wind. And...
0: Uh, Please tell me song? it was about farts.
1: Nope. Was this on Netflix or was this on... must have been on Netflix. It was either Netflix or Hulu. I think it was Netflix. It's called Demon Wind. And uh, basically, I, I this was made in like 1989, 1990. And... A group of kids go to a remote farmhouse where one of their fathers was killed, where he killed himself, and then once they get there, this mysterious fog sets in, trapping the kids in the house where they are possessed one at a time by demons. Sound familiar? Sounds like a really bad version of Evil Dead, and that is exactly what it was. Oh, yay. Yeah, the only actor I recognized in it or actress was a guy named Steven Quadros, the fight professor and MMA commentator, who's done a few movies. I see. But uh, again, it came out like in 1989 or 1990, right around that time frame. It's, it was pretty bad, so just avoid it. Okay. It I'm is being deployment. avoided. Yeah, be avoid it. And then I watched uh, The Equinox. Sorry, just Equinox. Watch this on Hulu. It's in the Criterion Collection. This actually came out in 1970. And this story is kind of unique. First of all, this movie is very low budget. The budget was like $6,500, which is – I mean, it's very low budget now. And even then, that was still pretty low to make this movie. But the – not special effects. But, yeah, the special effects in the movie are – for, for the time frame, are really quite good. Essentially, what it is is, and, and the acting is, it's not terrible. But one of the guys reminds me of Joe Friday from Dragnet, the way he's just kind of his voice and how matter of fact and straight, straight arrow he is the whole time, the way he the way he plays the role. But basically, the story takes place. It's, uh, it's shown in flashback mode via a reporter and this doctor at this asylum who's trying to investigate the story of these disappeared and possibly murdered kids um, one year after it happened. And so we're listening to the recorded confession of the survivor telling them what had happened. So it's like his therapy sessions. And so we see the whole movie kind of like in flashback mode and essentially what it is is four young adults head off in the woods to go find this scientist that's disappeared, that's one of their teachers from college. And they're going to have a picnic while they're at it. Um, So apparently what it is is, while they're on this picnic, they discover a book. So of course they read it. And Asmodeus, a.k.a. the King of Demons, unleashes several creatures to come and kill them to take the book back. And it's a decent flicks, and like I said, the special effects were really, really good. The um, the camera tricks they did, the stop motion, uh, everything else, I mean, these were all practical effects. They're not done with computers or anything, and if you think about on that aspect, they're actually pretty, pretty darn good and pretty cool the way they did it. And I watched this movie because I found out that this was one of the movies that Sam Raimi had watched, and it inspired him with The Evil Dead.
0: Ah, gotcha.
1: So that's what made me watch this movie when, when I heard about it. Um... But, yeah, it was a pretty good flick. I mean, I enjoyed it. I can't give it a super hard sell, but I will say if you have Hulu, it's like 80 minutes long or so, 85, something like that. Sit down and throw it on. It's really enjoyable. for an older movie, I mean, it's got a decent enough story. The acting's not terrible. The special effects are really, really good considering for the time frame. You know, the, the camera trickery they did with it, I mean, it was really good. I guess that's why it's in the Criterion Collection. Hmm. Cool, yeah, yeah. Did you have any more movies, John, or did you movie out already?
0: No, I just had a couple of the TV shows.
1: Well, why don't you throw us one out? Because I got a couple more movies to talk about.
0: Uh, well, this week we had Adam Ruins Shopping
1: on his show, and oh man, I can think of a couple people that need to watch that. <laughs> Anyways, it was it was ahead.
0: a. Good episode. Um, it did kind of shine some, some lights, especially one of them I'll get to in a second. But he started off uh, apparently, Victoria's Secret, when it was first created, was actually for men so they could buy a little something naughty for their wives. It wasn't until uh, I, I think he said the 90s when a, uh, a woman took over the company and started marketing it to women. So that was kind of. It
1: does kind of make sense, though.
0: Yeah. Um, most 85% of stuff that you will find at outlet stores was actually created with crappy materials specifically for the outlet stores. It is not stuff that was, you know, remainders or oops, there was a mistake. They specifically make it gap. It's hundred percent and they freely admit that. So like you go to the gap outlet and they have an entire different division that makes clothing just for their outlet stores. That is of subpar material. I found that very interesting. Um, and he was also saying that when you go into outlet stores, the MSRP that they put on the tags, you know, like twenty nine ninety nine is the MSRP, but you can get it for $5. I knew it. I Most knew often it. do what I knew it. Oh,
1: everything you're saying. I knew yeah. it. I the, didn't realize MSRP was unmuted. made Just, up. Sorry. I thought I was, I thought I was <laughs> muted as I was saying that.
0: Um, sorry. Nope. That's fine. The, uh, He said that outlet is actually a fake word in the industry and that four different senators have asked the FTC to investigate their practices because some of them are so crooked. You know, they make up their own prices and they use shoddy materials and uh, yeah. And then he went on to talk about supplements and said that, you know, it's basically an unregulated game of Russian roulette. Because with normal drugs, you know, pharmacy drugs, aspirin, stuff like that, uh, the FDA has full – they have to investigate everything. They have to make sure that quality control standards are met. But supplements.
1: Well, I'll tell you, if if you've ever watched the documentary Bigger, Stronger, Faster, which by the way, it's really amazing. It's by Chris Bell. He does a whole bit on supplements. And how it's just such a racket, and what you can do, and everything. And he makes his own supplements, makes his own line, makes his own pills. He does his before, he does his own before and after photos yep. in the same day. Yep. I mean, like Chris Bell really gets into and breaks that down. So I have seen that before, and that yep. is just a huge and tremendous racket. Yeah. But that outlet stuff you're telling, okay. The, the MSRP thing, like, where they have, oh, it's normally this price, but it's this, and that's all made up. That, I'm like, yeah, that I knew 100%. The clothing thing does get me, like, Gap specifically makes cheap, shoddy clothing for an outlet store.
0: Yeah, they had a woman on there who said that she was – she used to work in the corporate offices of Gap and that they had different divisions. Like, the she said the outlet people never met with the regular people. So the regular people had all their sales stuff and everything, and then the Gap, the Gap outlet – was a completely different sales division, a completely different manufacturing division, everything hundred yep. percent. I knew it. Um, so yeah, the the supplements in the nineties, 94, uh, they basically, they got lobbied. Um, so the FDA can't regulate any of the supplements. So like you said with that guy there, anybody yeah. can make their own supplement. You can say, I want to make a ginseng supplement. And they'll be like, okay, what do you want in it? I don't know. Put whatever you want in it. So there's uh, there's steroids in them. There's rice powder, Viagra. Um, they said that they've tested like a third of plant supplements that say like, you know, this is ginkgo biloba. It doesn't have a trace of the plant in it according to DNA records. But here's one I think you might find very interesting, and you may already All know right. some of this. of all glasses and sunglasses are controlled by one company, Luxottica. Really? Yep. So he was talking, actually, this was, uh, Emily ruined this for Adam, but she was saying that as a result of that, they could drive up all the prices. Uh, In 1999, they bought Ray-Ban and jacked up the price. Ray-Ban used to be cheap, you know, like $10 glasses yeah they were and so luxottica bought the company and jacked them up to like $150 a pair and people were like oh okay they must be worth it 70% of their brands this is glasses and sunglasses frames and all 70% of them come from the same factory they own lens crafters sunglasses hut uh anything that you see in the malls for glasses places you know those one hour express places they own them all
1: yeah like lens crafters yep
0: Uh, It says that, like, at one point, Oakley tried to fight them, but Luxottica just blocked Oakley from every store that they owned, so their stock prices plummeted, and then Luxottica bought up the stock cheaply and now owns Oakley.
1: Well, I have some news for you then, sir. (laughs) Rodrigue Eye Care in Augusta, Maine, here on the corner of Staten Bridge, they get all their frames from a certain place, but all their lenses are done in the Bonbrook Mini Mall. Yep. But I'll bet you if you were yeah. to trace back where their frames come from. Oh yeah, gonna... I'm sure it is, but the lenses are all made down at the Bonbrook mini mall. They're all cut and made and fit in the glasses down there. That's excellent. Keep it local. Isn't that weird though? Like that you wouldn't think that place. Right. But yeah, but no, that's that's Um I believe it. Adam it, has Adam has proven that, you know Well they he also he knows said his stuff.
0: That Luxotica owns the second biggest eye insurance company in the United States. What's that? I don't remember the name of it. Oh. But they own the second biggest one. So basically, they own the eye insurance company and then the eyeglasses themselves. So uh, I guess they How is that even legal? (laughs) Right? I guess they did a thing on 60 Minutes and they were talking to the uh, CEO, and he said, well, everything's worth what people are willing to pay for it. So if they're willing to pay this, then it must be worth that. So, yeah, they did say, though, that, like, lately a lot of people have been buying through online independent retailers, and that's hurting Luxottica. So they don't own all the independent stuff. So, yeah, that's why you pay so much for glasses and frames for the most part. It's because one company owns most of it and decides what the prices are, which, as far as I'm concerned, is a monopoly. I don't know how they're not getting.
1: uh... Like, okay, especially where they own the insurance company. Yep. That,
0: uh, yeah, evil, huh?
1: Annoying. Yeah, it is evil.
0: As someone who wears glasses, I'm sure that uh, that must tick you off just a little bit.
1: It annoys me quite a bit, really. It annoys me quite a bit.
0: So, yeah. So, it's what else you got for a movies? Bit I'm
1: annoyed. <laughs> All right, so these last two I actually watched on YouTube. Okay. The first one was when I was a kid, I used to love reading Christopher Pike books. Uh, he was a young adult horror novelist. I still kinda like watching okay. every once in a while. But I really enjoyed his stuff. And he did a, a book called Fall Into Darkness. And essentially what it is, it's a story about a girl who's framed for murder. Um and they made a TV movie of it. And it came out oh goodness. I wanna say ninety seven, ninety eight. And uh, either way, I didn't watch it at that time. It's never been replayed, of course, and I can't, uh, you know, I don't think it's ever been on home video or whatever. It's not like I'd want to buy it. I just wanted to watch it because I like the author so much, you know. Okay. So I found it on YouTube. And uh, 1996 television movie. There it is. So I found it on YouTube. It stars Tatiana Emily Lee uh, and Jonathan Brandis. Okay who's dead now, of course. And Charlotte Ross, who was 28 years old at the time when she made the movie, playing an 18-year-old. Was not believable. (laughs) And essentially the book and the movie are pretty much the same, um, except the majority of the book is told in flashback form from the, the courthouse, where we get a chapter... In the courthouse where Sharon, the main character, Tatiana, Emily's character or others are on the witness stand being uh, questioned. And then the next chapter is a flashback of you know, telling the story from the flashback point of view and everything until we finally get all caught up to where they are. And then the story goes forward in like, quote unquote, real time. Whereas the movie itself completely takes place in real time. Um, it was a pretty bad movie. Um, <laughs> After all that. Oh yeah, it was it was pretty bad movie, and Jonathan Brandis was the bad guy doing all the killing, um, and Tatiana Lee, of course, is the innocent victim in all of this. Who's just trying to you know fit in a new school, of being a praniac like she is. Um, but yeah, um, I'm not disappointed. I finally got to see it, but now the question has been answered, and I never have to watch it again. That's a good thing, right? Yeah, it is a good thing. And then finally this week for me on the movie front is I watched a movie called The Lottery. Is it based on the play? I believe so, yeah. The Lottery is about um, – I have a lot of notes on this for some reason because I wrote them as I was watching it actually. This is a 1996 made-for-TV movie, and I watched it at the time when it was on TV. And what stuck with me, of course, is that the movie – uh, the, the majority of it takes place in, a, in a, the fictional town of New Hope, Maine. And essentially what it is, it's a small, isolated community who have cut themselves off from the outside world. They don't even use or accept credit cards uh, at all. In the, in the entirety of the town, they've completely isolated themselves as a town. And what it is, is they still, they still um, honor a yearly ritual as a community to ensure a prosperous year. And that's what the lottery is. And essentially what it is, is there's a guy named Jason. And let me tell you, this movie is full of actors that you may not know their name of, but you know, their face Like Dan Cortez, Dan Cortez plays Jason. And I know Dan Cortez from Yo MTV sports when I was a kid. But he plays the lead guy Jason. Kerry Russell plays Felice, his his love interest slash local town person that they will trust him. And then Steven Roots in it. And Steven Root's been in a bunch of stuff, but what I remember him is he was the news uh, on news radio, he was the station owner, Jimmy James. And then Mr. Feeney, William Daniels himself is in this. And then Emmett M. Walsh is in this. He played Arthur Dales in X-Files. I mean, there's so many character actors, great like character actors. When you go to IMDb and you click on all the actors, they've all been in legitimately 100-plus things. you know. So it's it's like a who's who of character actors from that time frame or whatever. And it's a really good story. I mean, essentially what it is is – and I'm debating if I want to root it or not because I almost think it's a really good movie. Like, it's almost like you should sit down and watch it. Um, I'm pretty sure I know about it because
0: I've seen the play and I yes. know the story about it.
1: I mean, it originally was a story printed in New Yorker, like in 1948, and then it's been a short story since then. It's been a play since then. It's been this movie since then. And basically what it's about is that Jason's father was in this town during the ritual. He didn't honor it like he was supposed to. So he was ostracized. And so Jason doesn't understand. So Jason doesn't remember ever being in this town. But the town folks know him and they know his dad. And basically, like, they think he's the devil himself because he, you know, he caused them to almost have a bad a bad year of crops-wise and luck-wise and everything. Because what it is basically is this whole town comes together they all draw a piece of paper out of a box, the head of household. Whichever one has the box with the, the paper with the X on it, every member of the household, no matter of the age, draws from the box. Whoever gets the X on that one is promptly stoned to death by the rest of the town.
0: Yep, that's the story.
1: And it is completely acceptable, and it's completely okay. And that's what happened to Jason's mother, and he doesn't remember it, of course, until he gets to the town. And then the town folks decide, you know what, we need to kill him too because he, he's seen too much and he's going to go tattle on us to the police or something like that. Um, but but he yeah, it's a, a But he gets away
0: it's and he just does just go just tell, just
1: tell the state police, but they don't believe him. So, But uh, yeah, I mean, even Felice is forced to uh, partake in the stoning death of her mother because if she doesn't, then, you know, she's next basically. So
0: this is why they say you should stay away from marijuana. Yep.
1: I mean, I remember watching the movie and it just stood out to me because it took place in Maine. And I'm like, oh, that's what people think of Maine is We stone people to death up here. Um, but and then our I state police movie. don't believe anybody. Exactly. And our state police don't believe anybody, but I mean, watch the movie. It's actually a really good movie. Like it's for a TV movie of the week type scenario. And it's completely on YouTube for free. So, you know, I, I yeah, go check it out. Cool. Yeah, it's like 96 minutes. So, I mean, you get 96 minutes, don't you? Yeah.
0: Mm, sometimes. Yeah.
1: And then if you feel so inclined, you can watch the 17-minute uh, 1969 short ver- short feature film. Uh, that's also on YouTube. Are they all called Except The Lottery? Cu- yes, it's called The Lottery, and that cuts right to the chase of the stoning. There's no backstory involved. <laughs> and in fact, the short, the original short story just literally takes place the day of the lottery of the town's going to draw the names yep. and then, you know, etc., like that. Whereas the movie has that whole backstory of him getting there, meeting everyone, being treated poorly because they just want him to go away because they don't want him to find out about it. So, and then when they find out who he is, they're like, your dad's a piece of crap. So must make you a piece of crap. So guilt by association. Yeah. That's what happens, man. So what happens.
0: What do you got? I finished up the last four episodes of Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three.
1: Oh, okay. How'd that go?
0: Well, here's the thing. So, wow, that doesn't sound good. it. Okay, it was not bad. However, it was a bit misleading because this was billed as a story about a guy trying to go back in time and find out. Who killed JFK? Could he stop it? Could he prevent it? And the initial rules of the closet that he went into didn't seem to matter to him. You know, I was expecting something more akin to like... I hate to say it this way, but like a Groundhog Day kind of thing or like that arc you were talking about. Because the initial rules were you go into the closet. It's, you know, November 29th of 1960. You could stay in there as long as you want. When you come out, only two minutes have passed in current time. And if you go back in, everything that you did the previous time is reset. Okay. So basically you could go in there. You could chop everybody's head off and it would yeah. affect time when you came out. But then when you went back in, everything's fine again. Cause it all resets.
1: Dude, I'd kill so many people. Right? So just say I did.
0: Here's the thing. Chris Cooper, when he first met, um, uh, what's his face there? Franco. Franco. Yeah. Uh, Jake, he told him that, you know, he's been in multiple times. He spent years in there. He's gone in and done this, gone in and done this. And he's always tried to find out if it was Oswald that, uh, did assassinate Kennedy, but he was never able to get close enough. You know, something would always stop because the more you mess with the past, the more the past pushes back. Um, So, but he's been in there multiple times. This series took place on one single trip that James Franco did. So we would watch him, you know, time would pass, years would go by and things would get messed up. Things would get horribly messed up and he never, took the the easy way out and said, you know what? I'm just going to go mulligan this, come back in with fresh knowledge and say, I know what I should have done. I'll do it better this time. He never did that. So we basically get treated to watching him do it terribly the first time, as if it's the only time he can do it. And then living with his results. So it becomes less a story about figuring out the assassination of Kennedy and more a story of, The lesson here is don't mess with the past. You can ruin people's lives. And I don't know. I enjoyed parts of it, but like the last four episodes watching them, I kept groaning a lot. Like in the end of the sixth episode. All right. So wait, was it fifth or sixth? Mm. So, all right. In the fifth episode, he has this whole standoff thing with the woman that he's in love with her husband that she wants to get a divorce from but as we know she can't get a divorce because back then you couldn't really get divorces easily but
1: Not until the 70s yeah
0: the guy discovers that she's been hanging around with Jake so he he pins her at home and calls Jake up and says get over here Jake goes over the guy has cut from her forehead like the hairline all the way down to her jaw on the side of her head almost like he was trying to peel her face off just one nasty big gash and tells Jake that he's going to kill this woman unless Jake drinks a glass of, I believe he said it was bleach. He's like, you drink that whole glass or I'm going to kill her. He's like, well, you're just going to kill her when I get done anyways, and I'll be dead. And he's like, well, you'll just have to find out. It was really weird. But basically that was the focus of the episode rather than the other story that was going on, which was the, Governor who was going to be – somebody who was attempting to assassinate him that night could have been Lee Harvey Oswald. They had to watch and see and if it was, then they knew that he was the one that went after JFK. But instead we focused on him and his girlfriend in a you know death-defying tale from – straight from Liam Neeson's playbook of what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to drink the stuff to save her life or – Again, you know, why not just wrestle the guy in
1: this whole thing? Just walk away. Exactly.
0: Only two minutes would have passed in real life and you could do everything better this next time with all the knowledge that you've gained. You know, you wouldn't, it's not like you forget everything. You you wouldn't have to go and spy on this person because you'd know what was going to happen. So then he like, he starts getting in a fight with Bill, the guy who's come along with him Because, you know, they bonded over this guy that murdered Bill's sister and, well, you killed him, so you're my friend now. I want to help you save JFK. But now Bill has fallen in love with Oswald's wife, and so he turns on Jake and says, you know, no, you stay away from them or I'll tell them everything and I'll tell them you're here to stop them. So what does Jake do? He says, oh, okay, I'll get him committed, which back then was a lot easier Back in the early 60s? Oh, man. He's like, he's not going to be able to leave without my signing off. And he's like, oh, no, no, he won't be able to leave at all. We'll never let him leave. And he's like, okay, cool. So he got him committed. And then promptly gets the ever-loving crap beaten out of him.
1: By
0: who? Well, he's been making his money through the gambling book that I told you about last time.
1: Ah, yeah, okay.
0: Well, it turns out that. You know, he had showed Bill the book too, and Bill went to three different places and put three very large bets on the same fight in three different places under the same name. But all three places were owned by the same gambling people. And so they found out that it was him and that this was his quote unquote brother who also placed a sizable wager on that fight. So they kicked the shit out of him to the point where he ended up in the hospital and now couldn't remember who he was or what he was doing. So now we have an entire episode of a day goes by, and we see him standing at the sink, taking pills, taking a drink of water, and then the screen goes black, and then it's a new day. And he's laying on the couch, and his watch is ticking very loudly, and he's got a headache, and then the screen goes to black, and then it's a new day. Because he doesn't remember what he's supposed to be doing, and we're getting closer to the day of the assassination and what's going to happen. It became very annoying. I really wanted him to, at some point, just mulligan it. Just seriously, like, I'm done. I'm going back. I'll skip ahead next time. <laughs> you know? I'll come in here. It and
1: sounds kind of dumb.
0: Yeah. And, and that's the thing is, in the end, I won't fully spoil it, but I will say that in the end, he finds out who was trying to kill JFK and prevents the assassination. Okay? So you're, well, like, okay. so you're like, whoa, that's great. So let's see what life is like now. So of course he pops out at that point and oh but don't worry his girlfriend died in the process. So now he's heartbroken. And he goes back and discovers that the world is destroyed or at least Lisbon Maine is, but you know it kind of looks like what Lisbon Maine looks like now, so <laughs> and uh, so he he finds that guy from his class from the first episode and he's like, you know, what happened? And he's like, Oh, well, uh, Kennedy had two terms. And then this other guy got elected who turns out he was a huge racist and, you know, big proporter of, I hate the blacks. Yeah. And, And then he's talking about how, um, him and his family ended up in one of the camps. And he's like, what camps he goes, well, you know, the Kennedy refugee camps. And he's like, well, he built those. And he goes, yeah, but not when he was president, he built them for after the bombs. But that is it. They never tell us what the bombs were from. They never tell us what war it was or like who runs the country now or anything like that. They just leave it at that. And he's like, okay, I'm going back in. So he goes back in to now mulligan it. Now he decides to mulligan it and then realizes, you know, no matter what, she's just going to die. Because this guy with the yellow card in his hat says that his daughter dies every time he tries to go back in time. So I'm just going to leave her to live her life. And... I'll just be sad. The end.
1: God. All right, so that ended terribly. Yeah, yeah. He
0: basically decides to leave her to her life, and then he Googles her and sees that she's getting an award down in Texas for being an awesome teacher. And he goes down, and she's an old woman, and everybody in the community loved her and was touched by her. And so he realizes that he did a good thing, and he dances with her once, and he asks her if she had a good life. And she says, yes, I did. And he's like, that's good. And then we just fade to black. That
1: sounds stupid.
0: Well, I was expecting more. Like I said, I was expecting mulligans. I was expecting time travel more often. I was expecting real conspiracy well, things. Well, yeah, I
1: mean, you think you would start over, have to start over multiple times or yeah. something would happen. Yeah.
0: But no, he just went right through, like, this is it. This is how I have to do it. And it was just really dumb as far as I was concerned. So, yeah, I, if Terrible. you're really hell-bent on it, if you really want to watch it, Go right ahead, but I can't say that it ended as good as it started. So no no hard sell for me.
1: All right. Well, thanks. Yeah. So I watched a couple trailers. Yeah. I watched one called The Bodyguard, stars Sammo Hung, Andy Lau. It's available now and on demand and a sh- short theater run coming up here, I believe. Mm-hmm mostly art house and eh, it's almost like taken, but granddaughter instead of daughter. Okay. Yeah.
0: Like granddaughter is in, um,
1: Sammo Hung's granddaughter's taken and now he goes to get her back. Right. But
0: I mean like, are we talking granddaughter is in like the mother had her when she was 16 Um, and then she had a 16 year old kid. And so they're only like, he's only in his thirties or is he like a 70 year old man who's going after his granddaughter?
1: Well, he is like a 65-year-old man going after his granddaughter. Okay. And his granddaughter is like a 12-year-old or something like that. Gotcha. Nine to 12-year-old. Okay. And, uh, I mean, the trailer doesn't look – the trailer looks like the action's pretty good. Um, it looks like a decent flick. I mean, if I find it on Netflix or something like that, I'll definitely watch it because I like Sam Hong, I'm a fan. Like I said, the action in the trailer looked pretty decent, but um, no hard sell. Okay. I watched another trailer called Shin Godzilla or Godzilla Resurgence. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, it comes out this October. It's doing a uh, seven-day run in some limited theaters, about 440 screens. It's going to be in Japanese with English subtitles. Um, But uh, it's the 29th flick. Sorry, it's Toho's 29th flick. In the Godzilla Villa series, and it's the, uh, it's an official reboot to the franchise this time. Whoa. And you watch the trailer, and it definitely looks like the Godzilla movies of old, as mm-hmm. far as, you know, like the costume and all that stuff. And then, you know, Godzilla's battling uh, another type of monster. Interesting. So, yeah. Um, but it's separate from the Godzilla movie that there's just got released in the United States. Mm-hmm. Because that Godzilla movie is actually part of a, a package of movies where you had Godzilla in 2014 and now in 2017 we're getting um, Godzilla I – I'm mean, sorry, we're getting uh, Skull Island, King Kong. Yes. And then in 2019 I think we're getting Godzilla versus King Kong. I was reading it on, on uh, Wikipedia. So – I know you don't sound very excited about that, but I'll definitely go watch that movie.
0: Well, I mean, I hadn't read about it, but
1: I I assume. Yeah. I watched another trailer called Daylight's End. Okay. And essentially, it's like a uh, a virus movie, but the virus is a vampirism. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. Like traditional vampires?
1: Um, no, non- non-traditional ones, but it's you know it's a post-post-apocalyptic um, virus movie it takes okay. place in the future, uh, except the virus is, is vampirism, and of course, some, there's a group of people who uh, who hunt them. The trailer actually looked pretty darn good. Okay, and I can't remember when it came out because apparently I forgot to make a note of that, so I'm actually trying to look that up now. But I, I feel like it's either going to be soon or next year. Okay, you know how that is. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see here. Years after Mysterious Plague has devastated the planet and turned most of humanity into blood hungry creatures, a rogue drifter on a vengeful, vengeful hunt stumbles across a band of survivors and uh Yeah. Anyways come across the band of survivors and he tries to decides to help them. So hmm. Yeah, it okay. looks it looks pretty good actually. Yeah, yeah, looks pretty decent. Let's see here. It stars. Uh, oh, what's the name you're gonna recognize?
0: <laughs> that doesn't sound good
1: already. Yeah, I know. I'm trying. Like, I don't recognize any of the names in it either. But like, except for like Lance Hen- Henriksen has a role in it. Uh, but it's not a it's not a primary role. But anyway, just watch the trailer. Okay. Yeah. You got any trailers?
0: <sighs> yeah, I saw one called Bastards.
1: I watched that trailer as well.
0: That looks pretty funny, I gotta uh, say.
1: Yeah, Owen Wilson and is it is it Jason Sudeikis? No, no Ed Sardugas. Helms. Ed Helms, thank you, Ed Helms. Yep, going that to find great. their father. That it, it, looks great.
0: Yeah, it kind of reminds me of uh, basically the Barney Stinson story. You know, all their life their mother lied about who their father was, so now they go looking for who he really is.
1: Oh, God, yes. And, and uh, it's like, could be... Um,
0: J.K. Simmons looking all jacked up.
1: Yeah, J.K. Simmons or it could be uh, Terry Bradshaw, Ving yes. Raines.
0: Ving I Raines. Love I left out at the end of the preview he's sitting there and he's like, oh, yeah, she was the dick whisperer. Why do you yeah. ask about her? And they're like, she's our mom.
1: <laughs> oh. We well, never uh, did nothing but cuddle. Yeah, we did nothing but cuddle. Yeah, no, so that looks pretty darn good.
0: Yes. There was another one that I watched that was interesting because I kept seeing it pop up on different news sites for me. It was called Guardians, and it is not Guardians.
1: That is the Russian
0: Avengers, Russian movie, right? superheroes.
1: Yes, I think I think that's on Netflix, dude.
0: It says that it's coming out winter of two thousand seventeen, but I, know I don't I've know seen because it. it's very Russian, and it looks like it's dubbed in a couple of spots. Like oh, dude, their no. lips. I
1: saw the trailer for it. It is okay. clearly in Russian with English dubs. Yeah,
0: but they Interesting guys. You know, the speedster with curved swords that he uses to just cut everybody a lot. He cuts a lot. And then you got the one guy who basically turns into the top half of a bear and the bottom half of a man and carries a minigun around. <laughs> uh, you've got the invisible woman and the. I just called him the Earthbender because, you know, he's throwing rocks and earth and then he turns himself into a golem at one point. It was. Oh, yeah. It was an interesting tra- – it was pretty fun to watch. Like I can't see myself – if it came to the theaters, I don't know that I would slap down money to go see it. But it looked amusing enough to watch on like Netflix or something.
1: Yes, yes. I think I felt the same way when I watched the trailer. Like I wouldn't go to the theaters and see that. But if that was on Netflix anytime soon or whatever, I, I would probably definitely check that out. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It it
0: looked <laughs> – I mean I was laughing but at the same time like, well, they got some pretty good effects going on there. <laughs> yep. Yep, that was all I saw for trailers that I loved.
1: Well, though I watched a trailer called Free Fire. Okay, it comes out in 2017. It stars uh, Brie Larson. It stars Charlto Char- Char- Copley. Copley and Army Hammer. Oh, and I, I really like Army Hammer.
0: And I love Charlto Copley.
1: Yeah, I like him as well. But I really like Army Hammer. I loved him and. Um, the man from Uncle, and I really liked him in The Lone Ranger. Oh! I liked The Lone Ranger with Johnny Depp and him. I know it was stupid. I know it didn't make any sense. I went to the theaters and saw my wife. I really enjoyed it. Okay. But this movie is called Free Fire. It kind of looks like it takes place in the 70s or the 80s, and it's essentially what it is, is two groups come together in like a warehouse scenario for a gun-buy exchange. Okay. Things go away and everyone starts shooting at everyone. And I think this is a Martin Scorsese flick or something, too. Oh. And essentially, you know, it's just – it's a comedy, sort of, but everyone's just shooting at each other pinned down in this warehouse. And in between shooting at each other, they're having conversations with each other. They're yelling at each other. You know, like they're it, – it, it looks really, really good. You should definitely watch the trailer. This is a movie I definitely plan on seeing. Okay. I may even – Try to go see it in the theater Whoa Yeah I know It doesn't happen a lot But I may even try <laughs> to go see it there I mean The Magnificent Seven Comes out next week And I'm off Thursday Friday And I'm going to a Friday morning screening of that Just to let you know If you're interested Gotcha Either 11 or 1 Or something like that Something where I can go And be out in time enough To uh, Pick up Wesley And Apparently take Pick up my My kids at school Because my son has a dance He wants to go to His first ever dance you know the fifth grade dance is a five dollar cover charge. <laughs> it's like it, seriously. Uh, whatever. But anyways. when are those
0: kids going to start making you money?
1: Never. <laughs> Never. Nothing but a money pit since they were born. I know that sounds negative. I love my kids and I wouldn't change it. So, you know, anyhow. Check out Free Fire. It looks really, really good. That's a hard sell. I'm giving Free Fire a hard sell. I'm giving ARK a hard sell. These are my two big picks of the week. (laughs) Go watch them both.
0: All right. Well, that works out well.
1: Yeah. I don't have any other news. I don't have any other movies. Oh, Oh, my God. I have one more movie. Okay. I have. Go ahead. I
0: was just going to say I've got a number of news things. Go with your news. Uh They're saying that they've slowed down production on Westworld because they want it to stretch out five plus years. They've they've got plans for it to go that long. The story they've got planned out for that long, so they don't want to, like, front load everything into, like, the first season. So they've reworked it so that they can hopefully keep it going for a long time. I like that. I like it when they plan ahead like that. I like that, too. Yeah, because then you know it's not one of these, like, fly-by-night type things. Like, that is why, and I know I've used this example before, but that is why the first five seasons of Supernatural were the best and will always be the best. Because
1: they had a five-year plan, and then the last seven seasons after that. (laughs) Eric Kripke
0: said, I need five seasons to tell my story. And they said, okay. And he said, good. And he told the story he wanted to tell and then walked away. So, yeah, they're going into it knowing what they want, so good for them. I love it. Um,
1: Fair enough. Yeah. yeah.
0: I was really excited to see this. Uh, Star Trek Discovery, the voice of the computers will be Majel Roddenberry, the one who did the voice of all the computers.
1: That is awesome. They, they've
0: they got her voice in digital libraries from all the shows that she did, and they're resampling it, and they're going to have her voice for all the computers. They said they're even working on doing things like adding her voice as an option for Siri or different digital assistants like that, like um, uh, driving directions. So kudos to them. That's awesome.
1: I think that is fantastic.
0: I do too. It's, it's keeping a little piece still alive there. You know, I know that both her and Jean are gone, but it's nice to see.
1: That's really cool. I like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was the other movie that you saw?
1: Okay. As much as I bagged on this last week. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) I watched hard target too what I did I did I watched it why because I was at work and it was dead and I didn't have anything else to watch and it was on Netflix and I said you know what whatever so my first note is this movie oh God had oh God, nothing God. why am I watching do... no close this this had nothing to do with the first flick other than a similar con similar concept of human hunting. Essentially, this flick could have been called Surviving the Game 2 or The Condemned 3. Uh, In most of these movies, like where they're hunting someone, you know, uh, as a human hunting thing, like in, say, Surviving the Game or whatever, um, the bad guys have no idea who they're messing with. You know what I mean? Like, they just think he's some bum or some sort of easy prey, and then all of a sudden they wreck him. They find out who he is, and they get the big, long backstory of Special Forces and on and on and on. And like, oh, man. No, they knew exactly who this guy was. Like, he was purposely recruited for the fact that he was a great MMA fighter um, and that he was in a bad way because he accidentally killed his buddy in the ring. And so he'd been kind of like an alcoholic depression for the last year. So they recruit him for this. They trick him into doing it. Everyone who's hunting him knows who he is, and yet when he starts offing them one by one, they're surprised, and they can't <laughs> believe it. Um, yeah. Scott Atkins stars as Wes Baylor. Is a, Atkins is a formidable mixed martial artist and Stuntman who usually stars in bit parts or as a star of direct-to-DVD sequels when the A-list actor doesn't return for the franchise like in Undisputed 2 and Black Mask 2, and you know what I mean? Yep. So this is usually what he does. But okay. he's I mean, he, he's been in The Expendables, and he is a good fighter. I mean, the fight scenes were great in it. I will say that. The story was meh. The fight scenes were, were pretty good. I mean, it wasn't a terrible movie. It's just the idea that they're linking it to the Jean-Claude Van Dam flick that came out 18 years ago is just ludicrous.
0: Yeah, that does sound ridiculous.
1: Yeah, it, it is. It truly is. But, um, hmm. but that's where we're at. That okay. was. That was. Yeah. What did you, you got any more news? Oh, yes, I do. Good.
0: Uh, Peter Capaldi recently said that Doctor Who will be coming back April of next year. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so it's longer than we wanted to wait, but. We'll be getting yep. it back on the yep. same related front for doctor who now you may know this, you may not, but back in the day, a lot, there, there was not a lot of quality control for the, uh, BBC stuff. So there are a lot of doctor who episodes, movies, etc., that have been lost to time. Either they were misplaced or they were destroyed because nobody took proper care of them. Yep. Um, and over the years they've seen some of them reappear here and there, you know, they found them in a lost archive somewhere. Um, there was a series called Power of the Daleks, and it was a six-episode run, and it introduced the second Doctor, Peter Troughton, yep. uh, but it's been destroyed. It, it was right. destroyed through one of those things. They're going to bring it back using audio clips that they have, and they're going to make it an animated feature. I'm pretty excited about that. because That is
1: pretty darn cool because we've never seen that.
0: Exactly. There's no other way to see it. So they're going to use original recordings that they have of it uh, as well as they've still got the script so they can splice in what they need here and there. But, yeah, we're going to get an animated version of the um, emergence of the second Doctor. So we're ready for that.
1: That is pretty cool because – you know, the BBC does have a thing out there. You know, anyone has any of this footage on this, please contact us. Cause they do, they, they're they trying to gather it all up.
0: Which is awesome, you know? Yeah, it, it is. They, like,
1: they're actively seeking and have monetary rewards for people that turn over footage that they previously didn't have.
0: Yep. And they don't have to do that, but they do it because they want to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, kudos That's to them. That's
1: pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I'll definitely check that out.
0: Um, Now, on less... British stuff. Chloe's dad is going to be coming to Lucifer. That's all I've got to say about that. I, I don't Oops. know what his hook will be. I don't know. Hey. Yeah, I, I tried to rack my brain and think, you know, did they talk about him? Like, was he a so. major influence in her life? And I, I don't think it was mentioned that much, if at all. So,
1: yeah, I didn't think so, but whatever, I guess. Yeah. Okay, dokie.
0: Uh, DC's bringing another hero to the small screen, which is okay. uh, Black Lightning. Not to be confused with Static Shock, uh, but Black Lightning will is supposedly being shopped around, but possibly to Fox. And I don't understand that. If you already have the CW that has all of your DC heroes in one place.
1: CW needs a Friday night show.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So don't do Fox. Do CW.
1: Um, Is the main character Black, by the way? Is, Blake, like, is Black Lightning Black?
0: Mike... If you have to ask, then you're a racist.
1: Oh, okay. So he is then.
0: Yeah, actually, his original uh, manifestation in the comics, this is really gross. He was a white guy who, when he got mad, he would power up and become a black guy.
1: Oh, what the frick?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they changed that pretty quick. But, yeah, he uh, originally, he didn't really have any powers. But then he had, like, electrical-based powers. And, yeah, You, you can read all about him on Wikipedia. He's... Interesting, but yeah, I, I read that first part and I'm like, oh my God, come on, really? <laughs> so, yeah. but times were different back then. Um, Absolutely. We already mentioned this before, but Killjoys is getting a third season. Dark Matter is also getting a third season, so we can look forward to that next year. Um, Marvel is also shopping around the new warriors, including Squirrel Girl. So they're trying to either get a TV series. I think it was a TV series. They're looking like Netflix and Hulu to do that.
1: Again, they'd be smart to go with Netflix. They would be because Netflix is, is gold for them. Yep. yep. That's the other thing. Luke Cage is coming back soon here. He's not yes. coming back, but debuting soon, shortly. Yes, here. it is. Uh, next week is going to be Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., including Ghost Rider. Yes. What do you think about Ghost Rider getting such publicity and having it, having his the subtitle?
0: I think that they're trying to cash in on a gimmick basically
1: is what it is because that's what i feel like too
0: yeah the last season ended so like oddly yeah with colson not being in charge and you know daisy's on the run and i don't know i think they're they're hoping that it hooks people in and if they can make it work then good on them but i think at this point that's all it is is just a gimmick of some sort
1: yeah I don't see him lasting full season. No, me either. A few episodes and done.
0: They they did say though, that with him coming on the scene, it's going to introduce new elements of more mystical type stuff to the, uh, makes sense. Yep.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, there's a new show coming out in a while. They're working on just developing it now called ghosted. It's got Adam Scott and Craig Robinson and they, they say that it's a funny X-Files type show where they go and investigate paranormal stuff, and one is a believer and one is a uh, non-believer. You know me and Craig Robinson. I'll watch anything he's in. So. Oh,
1: yeah. No, I hear you. And
0: Adam Scott's a riot as well. So,
1: Yeah, Adam Scott's great.
0: So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, cool. They confirmed that this season on Supergirl will be getting Metallo. And it sounds like they're sticking pretty close to his origin story from the comics, so that's going to be kind of cool. And since they're introducing Superman as well, it makes sense that you know maybe we'll get another team up by the two of them to go against Metallo, but who knows.
1: Oh, that would make sense. Uh,
0: I I couldn't find a lot on this, but I wanted to mention it because of you and I and our history. Uh, There's a new family comedy that's based on a podcast. It's called Startup, and it's going to be starring Zach Braff.
1: Really? Yeah. Huh. I, okay. I thought Zach
0: Braff was done with TV and was just making crappy movies now, but apparently. Me too,
1: but apparently he's decided to come home to what, you know, yeah. got him there.
0: And it's a family comedy. Hopefully he doesn't just reprise his JD character because, you know, he should branch out a little bit, I think. He really should spread out, yeah. Uh, so. And then just two more things. Curtis Armstrong has been confirmed to be joining Frequency. Ooh. I was already excited for this show, and now it's going to have Booger in it.
1: Yeah, that's kind of cool. And I, you know he's going to play the scientific guy.
0: Of course. Conspiracy <laughs> theorist type.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Now this last one I'm I'm really excited about. So, does the name Eli Craig mean anything to you?
1: You know, it sounds like it should. Okay.
0: But... Eli Craig directed the TV movie version of Zombie Land that bombed horribly. Okay. But he also directed something before that called uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. I think. Oh, that, that movie was phenomenal. It. Yes. Okay, well, uh, yeah. Well, his next project that he has revealed is called Little Evil. And it's got Adam Scott again. And he marries the girl of his dreams, Evangeline Lilly. But he's a little concerned because he's pretty sure that her son that he's helping to raise now is the Antichrist. like it. <laughs> Normally that would sound like a, oh jeez, is this being done by the Waynes brothers or something? Nope. I like but it. Yeah. So,
1: this is this a movie, right? Yes. I think it's that's, funny. Yes, and it's called Little
0: Evil, and uh, they don't have a date yet, but he has revealed that that's what he's working on. So keep tuned in for more on that. Yeah, I I'm love, looking forward to that. Yes, I love Tucker and Dale versus Evil because of the way that it spun the traditional horror yes. movie on its ear.
1: And this will do the same, I think, with like, you know, we take a Damien and Omen and everything. So. Yep. <laughs> nice, I like it. Go this Adam Scott. Great. You know, getting all the yeah, good roles. I do like Adam Scott.
0: So yeah, that, that's it for me this week.
1: Cool. Well, uh, one of our listeners there uh, from the Twitter, Carolyn, she, uh, the one that you uh, answered the questions for on the video games last week.
0: Yeah, but I made a mistake. So, Oh, you did?
1: Maybe she's correcting me now. No, she's actually recommended a show for us to watch on Hulu, a oh, okay. BBC show called Primeval. And there's five seasons on Hulu. And I, I told her I'd give it a shot because it is a show that I have been – on and off the fence about starting to watch Mm -hmm. for a while now. I think it was on Netflix for a while, but now it's on Hulu.
0: It sounds familiar.
1: Yeah, and um, I've been on and off the fence, but she said it was really good, so I'm I'm at least going to give the first episode a shot. I just have a chance between her request and our record day, so.
0: Okay, and I wanted to uh, make a correction because I forgot that the first part of her uh, question last time was, I have Xbox, and last night checked until dawn is a PlayStation 4 exclusive it may have come out for Xbox by now but I think it was just a PlayStation 4 exclusive so I sat there hyping it up all this well
1: I actually I think what she said is I don't have Xbox
0: oh, oh okay I
1: don't have I'm sorry I don't have a ps4 I just have Xbox can you sell me can you tell me about this game okay so I think she wanted to know about it regardless gotcha. I like think she was trying to say should I be investing in a PS4
0: for this. <laughs> well, the answer to that is a resounding yes, but not just yet. <laughs> because right now they're they're rebooting all of the consoles, so you've got the, X, uh, the PS4 Slim is coming out, but it's not the best you can get. It's just a slimmer version of the PS4. And then they've got the next version of both that and the Xbox One coming out next year, I believe. So... You're probably going to want to wait for that unless you just want to get a cheap PS4, in which case, yeah, they're going to start. The PS4 Slim comes out soon, and so they'll start dropping the price on the regular ones, and yeah.
1: Now, I know this has nothing to do with watching television, but I just want to get your theory on this Sure. One. iPhone 7 doing away with the earbuds plug. Yep. What do you think of that?
0: I think that it is the next.
1: It, it's evolution.
0: It's kind of like when uh, DVDs came into the video store and we got one copy of each movie, yep. you know, whereas we'd have a hundred copies of a VHS.
1: Yep.
0: It, it's what's going to happen.
1: Well, see, I was talking about my wife. A, I think it's dumb, but yep. um, you know, this is not anything new for Apple. I mean, nope. they were the first people to stop putting a three and a half inch, <laughs> three, you know, three three and a half inch floppy drive on. Yep. They were the first ones that they started coming out with no CD-ROM drives. Yep. But then if you notice, they did backtrack and put that on there, put them back on because people wanted the DVD player feature. Right. Or to be able to burn CDs or DVDs. But they were the first they took that out. So you'd be buying a laptop or something like that that had no drives at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't surprise me that they're the ones that took that first step. Right. But that's, um, you know, when they got rid of the three-and-a-half-inch floppy, that was like a ten-year-old technology they got rid of. When they yep. got rid of the CD-ROM drive, that was like a ten-year-old technology they got rid of. Getting rid of the earbuds, the the ear the earphones port. It's like a, like a ninety-year-old yeah. <laughs> technology that they're saying we're not. No one needs us anymore. It's only. It's been around ninety years. We're we're deeming no one needs us. I think. I think they're going to run into a problem with this one. I don't. I see what you're saying. And, yeah.
0: and it's a valid concern. However, like I was talking to somebody the other day about Bluetooth earbuds. And you can get a set of Bluetooth earbuds for like 13 bucks nowadays. Um, it, the only concern with Bluetooth is keeping them charged. But really, like every – I own multiple pairs of Bluetooth earbuds. And they last 8 to 12 hours on use. So how often are you going to be listening to your headphones for that long before you have a chance to recharge them? Secondly, there's no, everybody always jokes about the cables to their earphones and how they get tangled up and how you can tie up anybody with them. And, you know, it's the, it's the butt of every joke because they're extraneous. Um, and then the other thing that I'm looking at is the wearables, you know, the Apple watch, which is becoming more and more prolific. I now have a, uh a Samsung gear fit two on my arm, which for all intents and purposes is a smartwatch. That is also a fitness tracker, but I can listen to Spotify on it or I can download music to it and listen to it, but it doesn't have an earbuds phone uh, report. It's just Bluetooth. So with more of those coming out, people are getting used to it anyway. So I don't know. I think that they're ripping the bandaid off. Essentially they're saying, you know what people, we don't need these anymore and we're, we're going to be the bad guys and do it now. And within two years, you're going to go, "Oh my god!" Can you remember when we used to have these chords? So that's my
1: thought. I don't think it's going to crash and burn. But all right, well, I just I was interested in your opinion on that. So yeah, cool. Well, I guess that's everything for me. Did you have anything else you wanted to add? Nope. No, I think that covered it. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Uh, we've enjoyed these last twenty-seven episodes, with many, many, many more to come. Uh, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can find me on the Twitter. I'm at Superstar
0: and you can find me on Twitter at the Quantum Geek G33K.
1: And uh, the show's got its own Twitter at What Did You Watch, as well as Facebook page at What Did You Watch This Week. And uh, yeah, reach out, let us know.
0: Cool. I think that's a podcast.
1: Indeed. Good yes. night. Bye.